It sounds like the Jets and Packers are finally making progress on an Aaron Rodgers trade. The latest rumored trade does have the Jets giving up an awful lot to land the future Hall of Fame quarterback. We're talking the latest developments on Aaron Rodgers today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, March 28th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you for making the show your first listener, first watch every day. Subscribe or follow Locked On Jets for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. And if you like what you hear, give the show a five-star review if you're listening on a podcast source or a big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Well, we finally seem to have some progress in Aaron Rodgers' trade negotiations between the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. We're going to talk about that today. And it should come as no surprise because over the next few days, the NFL is having the owners' meetings, which means all the key decision makers are all in, all in the same spot. And whenever, and there are a couple of these events every year where the key decision makers all get together in a city and it means you don't have to pick up a phone to talk to another team. It means, you know, they're right there. And sometimes these deals, sometimes trades can come together quickly, or you can at least lay the groundwork and make some progress. And overnight, news came in, or I guess you should say more accurately, rumors came in that the Jets and Packers are moving forward with a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports broke the news, or rumor, if you will, that the Trade uh, The trade talks now center on the Jets giving the Packers two second-round picks for Rodgers. Now, there are a few complications here, a few things that need to be ironed out. One of them is that of these two second-round picks, one of them can become a first-round pick if certain conditions are met. So you're either talking two second-round picks or a second-round pick and a first-round pick, depending on whether conditions are met. Another thing that needs to be worked out is the Jets want some degree of security from Rodgers retiring after one year. So one of the things that's being discussed is if Rodgers retires after one year, do the Packers then send the Jets a pick back? And that pick would be in 2025. But the general focus of the trade seems to be two second round picks to Green Bay, a second round pick this year, a second round pick next year. Now, I think the first thing that, that really kind of jumps off the page here is the Packers seem to no longer be seeking a first round pick, the 13th overall pick in exchange for Rodgers, which to me ceased to make sense a long time ago. You know, it felt like at the beginning of the offseason, it was likely you were giving up a first-round pick, but as things have progressed, there really was no reason for the Jets to give up a first-round pick. There never was a reason to expect the Jets to give up a first-round pick. It, it frankly would have been a terrible job by the Jets if they gave up a first-round pick. I, I can't even, I don't even want to give the Jets too much credit, because it just would have been a ridiculous trade to give up a first-round pick when you're taking on a bad contract when there's nobody else who's really interested. I, I really don't see the logic behind that. So, and even yesterday when he spoke to the media, the Packers general manager, he, he kind of conceded that the Packers were probably not going to get first get a first round for Rodgers. Uh, he said that it was not a precondition to making a trade. So it, it always felt like the Packers were going to have to back off that demand. Now, what are the Jets giving up? Well, you know, I think because the 
the focus has been so much on the first round pick, there's going to be a perception out there that this is a, a small price for the Jets to pay, which it is not. I mean, I think if you're going to be objective, if you're going to be fair here, giving up two second round picks is an enormous price to pay for, you know, for almost any player. But it's especially enormous if we're talking about a guy who's really a rental player. And so I don't think you can look at this and say the Jets are getting a steal of a, of a trade here because second round picks are valuable. And I know the people want to make the argument that because the Jets have had a bad second round history, that somehow means second round picks are not valuable. No, that means the Jets need better people making the picks. Look across the league. Second round picks are very valuable. Second round picks, when you factor in the quality of player you can get with the price you're paying... I mean, there, there are not many picks that give you better bang for your buck than a second rounder. So giving up two second rounders, I mean, look, let's let's be honest here. You can like the Aaron Rodgers trade. You can say that this is the right move for the Jets and still acknowledge this is a pretty big price the Jets are paying. Now, I know from the Jets' perspective, one of the things that helps them is the Elijah Moore trade because the Jets, uh, of course, last week traded Moore in a third round pick in exchange for a second round pick. So the argument you could make, especially if you give up the second round pick you got from Cleveland was, well, it was really just Elijah Moore in a third round pick. It's a bit of a dubious argument in my view, because you, you know, whatever you gave up for that second round pick, it's now a second round pick. It's something you could, it was, it was an asset you had. It was something you could utilize. It's, you know, it's a price. I think this is a very pricey trade for the Jets. I mean, this is, I think the whole Rogers situation from the outset has been high risk, high reward, where the Jets are essentially trying to win the Super Bowl in the next year or two. And of course, if you win the Super Bowl, the high price is worth it. But I, I don't think you can look at this and say that this is a low price because it's it's simply not. And, and I the other aspect of this is you know the things I said before. It's good that the Jets won't give up a first round pick for Rodgers, but I've been saying this all along. I, I don't really see why the Jets have to give up anything of value for him. You're taking on a bad contract, or at least I'm presuming that. Now, it, with the price this high, I do wonder a little bit, maybe the Jets, maybe the Packers will take on some of that contract. Maybe the Jets won't, will not have to absorb the full contract. I mean, if you're giving up two second round picks, I think that would be an expectation. But there's also the market. Nobody else is really interested, and, and that includes the Packers, by the way. The Packers pretty much have no reason to want Rodgers back. So when I look at this, I, I say that this is a price that I feel like still could be negotiated down. You know, I don't see why the Jets should be willing to give up two second-round picks again for a guy Green Bay doesn't want, for a guy Green Bay cannot bring back, and for a guy nobody else really is that interested in either, and a guy who is a rental player. I mean, you, you look through the history of the NFL, giving up a second-round pick for a rental player you know, usually doesn't work out all that well. So I think the Jets should still be looking to negotiate this down. Now, it doesn't sound like the Jets have any interest in... It sounds like both sides have an incentive to get this done. It sounds like both sides are working towards a resolution. In fact, the Jets... Joe Douglas spoke to the media yesterday, and he even said... You know, he was asked, because there was other news broke that broke, Lamar Jackson has apparently asked the Ravens for a trade, which, for a time, you know, depending on how you play this, could have changed the dynamics of the whole situation. But Douglas even said, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. We're focused on negotiating with the Packers. And one of the things Douglas said is that they wanted to negotiate in good faith. The Jets, you know, are obviously going after Aaron Rodgers. And quite frankly, you know, I don't even know how credible it would have been if the Jets had said that they were interested in Jackson. But it, all this is to say that, you know, it sounds like both sides are really working towards a conclusion here. Because everybody, you know, at the end of the day, everybody needs to get this done based on how they've acted to this point in the offseason. Rodgers wants to come to New York. The Packers want to get rid of Rodgers. The Jets want Rodgers. 
it doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest in any sort of alternative scenario. It doesn't sound like there's interest in Rodgers returning to the Packers. It doesn't sound like the Packers are interested in Rodgers returning. It doesn't sound like Rodgers is interested, going to be interested in going to another team. It doesn't sound like the Jets are interested in another quarterback. So everybody's got some incentive to get this done. You know, maybe it'll get done sooner rather than later at this point. And if, I mean, even like the conciliatory comments yesterday, with the fact that the Jets were not even offering the pretense of being interested in Lamar Jackson, or the fact that Packers were so open that they know now that they're not going to get a number one pick, sometimes that's a sign that, that things are, are moving towards a conclusion. At, at the very least, I think you could say there's at least some degree of progress on this move. And for the Jets, you know, if you give up two second round picks for Rodgers, I mean, that's the embodiment of high risk, high reward. You know, you can win it. You know, if Rodgers takes you to the Super Bowl, you're, you're thrilled with that price. You know, you, you, you pay that any day. If Rodgers doesn't take you to the Super Bowl, you're going to look back on that trade and it's, you know, you're going to remember it for being very pricey. So Jets really, you know, going all in this year with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the price that they're going to pay for this trade. I know it's not, you know, I think, again, the focus is on 13. And I think the perception is going to be because the Jets did not give up 13. They did not give up a whole lot. In reality, it's high risk, high reward. You're giving up a lot. You're hoping to get a lot. That's not the only development, though, on the quarterback front for the Jets yesterday. Robert Sala spoke to the media and said something interesting about Zach Wilson's uh, role with the Jets in 2023. Where will Zach Wilson fit, in on, fit in, on, in on the depth chart? We'll discuss that as we continue this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, it's the NFL offseason. The Jets are trying to make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. The draft is not that far away. It's only a couple of weeks off. But this weekend, it's all about college basketball. We're approaching the Final Four, three first-time teams in the Final Four of the four, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. The NFL owners meetings are happening this week, and... You get to hear from the coaches and GMs. You know, they typically hold uh, media availability sessions. Robert Sala spoke to the media yesterday, and he said something interesting about Zach Wilson. He said that Zach Wilson is going to be the backup quarterback for the Jets in 2023. Now, there's always the caveat that Sala may not be telling us the truth. I mean, I think we've seen over the last two, three years that Sala does not always share the most accurate information when he's speaking to the press. That's especially true when we're talking about injuries. But I thought it was notable that he said Zach Wilson's going to be the backup quarterback this coming season. I think it's an interesting move from a couple of standpoints, and I think it's one that the Jets may want to reconsider for a couple of reasons. Um, I think, you know, number one is, I just think back, to, I think back to last year. I think back to when the Jets benched Zach Wilson in, you know, right after Thanksgiving, and they dropped him to, to the number three role. He, he became the third-string quarterback. He was not active for games. And Salah, I believe, the phrase he used at the time was re reset, that they wanted to reset Zach Wilson. And Salah was honest. Salah said, we want to get him back on the field at some point. And they did after Mike White got injured. But I don't know that that was necessarily the best thing for Zach Wilson. And one of the challenges was Zach Wilson eventually ascended back to the starting job because, first of all, Mike White got injured. But second, because 
Joe Flacco went into a game against the Buffalo Bills and was awful. I mean, really was very bad in that game against Buffalo. And that, that was the week right before the Detroit game. So what happened after Flacco struggled against Buffalo, Flacco took over for an injured Mike White, is the Jets elevate, initially elevated Zach Wilson to be the number two quarterback against Detroit, and then Mike White could not play, so Zach Wilson got back into the starting lineup, and things did not go very well. Within two weeks, Zach Wilson was benched again. The Jets benched Zach Wilson for Chris Streveler in a Thursday night game against Jacksonville late in the season, and that was the last we heard of Zach Wilson in 2022. In fact, week seven, or sorry, week 18 against the Miami Dolphins, the Jets were eliminated so that they decided to sit Mike White down, and the Jets played Flacco over Zach Wilson. That showed you where things got. If you're looking at Zach Wilson right now, I think you have to say he's probably, he's the Jets' developmental quarterback. You know, and I think that that's fine. I think it's always fair to, to dedicate a roster spot to a developmental quarterback. The Jets drafted Wilson number two overall. That pick is gone. You know, at some point, what you invested in the player just doesn't matter. It's what's known as a sunk cost. That second overall pick is gone. You're, you're not going to get it back. You're not going to be able to take Jamar Chase with it. It's gone. So you, you don't focus on trying to you know get value from it. You just have to look forward. You have to think what's best for our football team, what's best for this player. And I think if you've looked at Zach Wilson over these last two years, the Jets have not served him well by by playing him. And part of this is, Frankly, it's clear now that he's over. He was overdrafted. You know, if you were redoing the 2021 draft, there's no way you would draft Zach Wilson second overall. There's no way you draft him in the first round. And I think that there's this perception that you need to play a player if you draft him second overall, because the second overall pick should be a pro ready guy. He's the second. You know, you're saying he's the second best player in the draft. In fact, the only player that went before him is Trevor Lawrence, who was viewed as one of the you know maybe the best prospect in a decade. So. There was a, you know, I think the Jets kind of got caught up in this. You know, I, I think that they maybe were not honest with themselves assessing Zach Wilson, where Zach Wilson was at at various points in his career. And I think at this point, Zach Wilson you know, is probably the developmental quarterback, which to me means he should be the number three guy. I think Zach Wilson's focus should be trying to salvage his career. I think that means working on the practice field because there are some very fundamental issues that where Zach Wilson struggles. I mean, his footwork is just not not where it needs to be. I think even some of his upper body mechanics are not where they need to be. And I think that, you know, the late season experience showed you that it's going to be a longer fix. You know, I think the Jets essentially got themselves into the mindset that Zach Wilson just needed a few weeks off. And that's why they put him back in after, after Mike White got hurt. And part, again, part of it was Flacco did not really give you much of an option. But it shows you that if you throw a guy back into a game situation that quickly, you're not necessarily going to get great results. And I think that, again, Zach Wilson's focus should be just on developing. I, I think it, we're past the point where Zach Wilson needs the pressure because he, he's shown he's, he struggles with it. You know, I, I don't think it's good for Zach Wilson to be thrown into games at this point. And if you're the backup quarterback, you may be thrown into games. I, I think that that's not, not something that's going to benefit him. And, you know, the fan base has obviously turned on him. So it's not like Zach Wilson can go out there and have a bad game and just suffer no repercussions. I think the fan, you know, the fan pressure maybe has impacted him a little bit. Uh, so I, I don't think that bringing back Zach Wilson's the backup quarterback is a good idea. I think he should be the number three quarterback. And beyond that, the Jets are trying to win the Super Bowl this year. And, you know, if Aaron Rodgers suffers a season-ending injury, it's probably over. But there may be something a little bit more nuanced than that. There might be a situation where you need somebody to get you through a two- to three-game stretch. And maybe a win there could get you an extra home playoff game. Maybe it can you know, make a difference in seeding. Maybe it can even be the difference between making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. 
And in that scenario, again, you know, I think people look at this and say, if we lose Aaron Rodgers, we're finished. Well, it, it may not be that you're losing Aaron Rodgers for the season. It may be a situation where you're losing him for a week or two and you need somebody to go out and win a game. And I think the Jets need to find a better option for a backup quarterback because beyond what I said, you know, beyond Zach Wilson's development, Zach Wilson does not give you a great chance to win. And I understand, you know, people will say he was 5-4 and four this year. Well, you know, quarterback records aren't necessarily the end-all when we're talking about performance. You play the caliber of football Zach Wilson played this year, you're probably not going to go 5-4 and four that frequently. You know, you're, you're probably going to lose more than you win with that caliber of quarterback play. The Jets had some extenuating circumstances in those games that helped them win, but in many of those games, they were winning despite the quarterback, not because of the quarterback. So... I think that the Jets really need to focus on finding a better backup plan at, at the quarterback position. I think Zach Wilson could be the number three guy. He can run the scout team. He can work on the practice field, on his fundamentals. But I don't think you want Zach Wilson in the game, and I think the Jets should be looking elsewhere, especially at a team that's going to be all in. I mean, you don't want an all-in team to be one hit away from having Zach Wilson at quarterback. It's just not a very good idea. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll close out this Tuesday show. The Jets confirmed some interest in a couple free agents yesterday. It was actually kind of surprising how open they are about the players they're interested in. We'll tell you who those players are as we continue this Tuesday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the NFL offseason. Of course, there really is no NFL offseason anymore. We're still talking about plenty of important Jets developments, but there are no games. The Final Four, however, is this weekend. It's the final finale of the NCAA tournament. But that's not the only bracket that's out there right now. The Built March Madness bracket is also here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, so now it's time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one lucky Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. They are so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. They are all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. You got to try these bars out and go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to enter the contest. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast on this Tuesday. The NFL owners meetings are happening this week. It's, it's kind of interesting because your GMs and your coaches typically speak to the media. And the Jets were very open about what they're looking to do in free agency. It, it was a level of candor that you typically do not get. And when Joe Douglas and Robert Sala spoke yesterday, they revealed three free agents the Jets are interested in. And these are all moves, these are all uh, players the Jets have had reported interest in. So it came, comes as no surprise. It's just the team confirming it. And these are Odell Beckham Jr., a former Ram, Brown, and Giants wide receiver. Uh, ben Jones, former Titans center, who's also played with the Houston Texans. And Calais Campbell, who played the last couple of years with the Ravens, previously with the Jaguars and the Cardinals. However, the Jets did indicate, and this was Robert Sala, he was asked about Ezekiel Elliott, and Sala told us that we're very happy with our running back room, which was a very diplomatic way of saying we're not interested in Ezekiel Elliott. So that kind of confirms what we've been led to believe the last couple days, that the Jets are not interested in Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott put out a list of teams he wanted to play for last week. You know, he, the, the talk was that he had narrowed his list down to the Eagles, Bengals, and Jets. The problem is that it doesn't sound like any of those teams have Ezekiel Elliott on their list. It doesn't sound like any of those teams are interested. And I think that that's right for the Jets because running back is a position where you want to be young. You don't want to be old at running back. You don't want to get a guy on his last leg. So it sounds like the Jets are, Jets are making the right move there. 
as far as the other guys go, you know, I, I've said it, I, I normally would not want somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. for numerous reasons, not least of which he hasn't played in over a year. But again, if you're going all in, this receiving group needs some work. You know, you got Garrett Wilson, who's great, who, you know, could have a breakout season with Aaron Rodgers. After that, I mean, it gets really dicey very quickly. You have Alan Lazard, who, you know, is a role player at best. You know, not a guy you really want to count on to carry a major load. I mean, we'll put it this way. Last year, the Packers went into the season with him as their top receiver. He did not even produce 800 yards. In fact, that was the only time he's produced over 600 yards in his career. And that's when he was the go-to, uh, under 800 yards as the go-to guy. Mecole Hardman, you know, a guy who's a nice player, nice complimentary part, but I like him much better as the number four receiver than I do with the number three receiver, or number two receiver even. And, you know, you look at the guys who are available, it doesn't seem like the Jets are super in on DeAndre Hopkins. they got to do something at receiver. And Beckham, at least the last time we saw him on the field, you know, was helping the Rams. So even if he's not going to be the guy he was with the Giants, I think there's a logic there. As far as Ben Jones goes, you know, a guy who's had a good career, Guys, center position the Jets desperately need to fill, but a guy who's also going to be 34, coming off multiple concussions. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand the lack of interest. I still don't understand the lack of interest in Connor McGovern. You know, McGovern still out there. There really has not been much of a market that's developed for him. He's been really good the last two years. He's the incumbent. He's younger than Ben Jones. I'm struggling with what with why you're bringing in a, a guy who's older, a guy coming off concussions, big risk. Uh, that's one I, I still don't, I'm still not sure I understand the Jets' approach to the center position. And then Campbell, I spoke a lot about Campbell yesterday. I think there are pros and cons to the move, potentially. Jets certainly do need a defensive tackle. I worry, you know, at 37, though, that's that's awfully old. You know, that that's really up there. And although Campbell still was productive with Baltimore, there were clear signs of decline. You look at the production's gone down. He can't be on the field as much. So in that sense, you know, the Jets do like to rotate their linemen in and out. So maybe Campbell could be helpful there. You know, by all accounts, he'd be a good locker room guy. But I do worry once you get into, like, the 37 range, you know, even if a guy's played well last year, there's no guarantee he's going to be able to continue to do it. But there are also some pros to it. And, you know, I think Campbell, you know, he certainly fills the need because the Jets need another defensive tackle. So I could go back and forth on Calais Campbell. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the podcast, please give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help Lockdown Jets out, help other Jets fans find us. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions. We'll try and do a mailbag on Wednesday, you know, maybe unless the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. But at some point this week, we'll do a mailbag, so please send in your questions. Talk to you tomorrow.